I'm Katie Bennett-Stenton, a dual Australian US citizen and the National Marketing Lead for Energy Resources and Industrials with Deloitte in Australia. I'm fortunate enough to, enough to be spending two exciting months in our Chicago office while I put my kids into school and finalise their US citizenship. I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to spend time with a number of global experts, thinkers and leaders. While I'm immersing myself in a different culture within a much larger team, I'm really excited to learn about different insights and learnings. Throughout this time, I'm speaking to different leaders and sharing thought-provoking, relevant and influential takeaways. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Doug Ryder, who is the team principal for Team Dimension Data with the Quebecer team. Doug, welcome. Thank you very much. Doug, it'd be great if you could tell listeners a little bit about your incredibly fascinating background, please. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I'm a South African, and uh, you know, and, and I was always a, a person passionate about cycling. And I went to the Olympic Games representing South Africa in Atlanta in 1996. And a strange thing happened. Actually, we were a small group of athletes, and. And this guy, Josiah Tagwani, won gold in the Olympic marathon, which was brilliant for an African runner. And then kind of the theory behind, you know, Africa producing the best endurance runners, why not cyclists? So I was a, a professional cyclist and the dream in turn to become, I guess, a reality to want to take African cycling to the top of the world and, and try and, you know, take them to the Tour de France. And we realized that dream in 2015. It, it did take 20 years of, of hard work and, and blood, sweat and tears, but it was the first ever African team in the Tour de France. And so, you know, that's, uh, you know, that became, I guess, you know, the vision and the dream all in one, to, you know, to try and continue to, to take African cycling and to open the world of cycling and the continent of Africa to the world of cycling. And so, you know, we've done four Tour de France's now and, and we, you know, we continue onwards and upwards as we, as we try and do, you know, incredible things in, in the sport of cycling whilst raising funds to mobilize kids on bicycles across the African continent to give them hope and opportunity. And, you know, and, and the bicycle has changed my life. It's changed the lives of the riders on our team. And, and we hope to race around the world, raising awareness and leveraging our success and media attention in the first division of world cycling to, you know, to to raise funds to put kids on bikes that have little hope and, and opportunity across the African continent. Doug, even quite aside from any of the questions that we discussed speaking about today, there's so many different tangents that I, I really want to explore with you on that front. But how did you how did you come up with the idea of um, putting putting African kids who perhaps hadn't had quite the same start as you did on bikes? How did that come about? Well, it was interesting, you know, we went, there was a time and, you know, I was working in IT and in technology and had a chance to travel a bit through Africa and, and us just, you know, Africa looked and seemed to, you know, to be a continent of walkers. You know, if you, if you owned a bicycle, you were too poor to own a car, so you'd rather walk, it became a status symbol. And, um, you know, so we thought, and I thought if we could create this kind of African hero on a bicycle, you know, we could make the bike cool and then... <laughs> And, and get people interested in it. And, and I met, uh, you know, a guy, Anthony Fitzhenry in, in IT, who founded Quebec and, you know, started up, a, you know, a relationship with him and, and, and decided to, you know, to have a partnership with, with Quebec 
for for years before we even you know embraced it fully in the team name of our team and take it to the next level and and you know he had this vision of of actually computerizing you know community schools um, and uh, and realize that the biggest inhibitor for you know education I guess was the access to the education and 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 getting kids and 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 students to school so he started this Quebecer bike you know, non-profit organization, you know, just to do good and get people mobile. And, and we've met each other in a, you know, as you do in, when you kind of walk thinking and going in the same direction, you sometimes do meet incredible people. And, mm. and so, you know, we, we, um, we decided to work together and do something really, really significant together. And, you know, 10 years later, we, we're still doing great things and he's still involved and it's brilliant. Wow, talk about doing something significant. It's such a yes. such a wonderful, empowering story. What what would you say is the has been the biggest turning point in your career? Um, I think, you know, we I guess, you know, some you know interventions, meeting Anthony Fitzhenry and the founder of Quebec, getting, you know, I guess working in corporate and understanding and, and meeting, you know, incredible people and, and doing decisions in the boardroom to that that gave me the business acumen to try and you know focus on getting big well, corporates and interest and people interested in you know in this dream and 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 you know that was I guess that was the some of the turning points you know meeting amazing people and, and talking about the passion that I have for African cycling and and wanting to do something that had never been done before and getting you know people to buy into it and you know a lot of people thought I was mad to want to take a a team to the Tour de France yeah. you know from South Africa. And you know, and because it never happened before, and, and so it was, it was pretty unique and, and and pretty interesting the journey to get to, you know, to get people to believe in it. And yeah, it was it was interesting time, and, and now we kind of, you know, there. Wow, boy, boy, must they look back at some of the conversations they had with you early on now, looking at the successes you've had. Yes. Good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I suspect that's a tremendous understatement. What would you say Nirvana looks like in your career? Um, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, continuing to do what we're doing and, and, and taking an African rider onto the podium of the Tour de France, the ultimate race in, in, in cycling and the ultimate um you know the biggest biggest race in the world and, and a child that started on a Quebecer bike to get to school you know ends up at the Tour de France and on the podium I mean that would be the cradle to the holy grail story oh, and, yes, and that would be it? I mean I could I would definitely and Anthony and I we would you know that would be you know the absolute dream come true that we've inspired and motivated and and and, and you know I guess you know raised funds to put a, a child on a bicycle and who knows and understands that cycling is a sport and, and that that he could potentially or she could potentially earn a living of a bicycle and then could end up at the Tour de France and, and create a career of it. So, you know, that would be that would be that would be Nirvana, I think. Oh, I get goosebumps just thinking about the prospect of that. I, I really hope to be able to see that into the future. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I think you're great. Absolutely. Doug, would you say that you learn more from success or failure? No, definitely from failure. Talk, talk me through that a little bit. Well, I mean, it's it's you know, it's only when the chips are down and you know, and uh, and things aren't going according to plan and and not you know the way you anticipated that 
the people and you know, around you that are connected with you pull together in a deeper, more concentrated way, and and that's and and you need to to get to those points to to realize the impact that you make and and what is needed to you know I guess to put you back on the on the right track and and focus to go higher. You know, failure. It's like building a pyramid. You know, you, the, the higher the higher you want to go, the bigger your your base has to be and and the foundation. And I think getting knocked off the top and and, uh, and 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 you don't reach the highest levels, I guess, if you're always riding a wave. You've got to get to the bottom of the wave to go higher. And I think yeah. it's we've you know we've seen that and realised that. And it, it's you have the right people around you that that then pull together and you can go. And reach higher heights. I think it's definitely, uh, definitely failure helps you focus to, to do better. Absolutely, and and I think you're right. I mean, I think it's it a lot of that. Not only having the grit and determination to to keep well, get back on the bike or the horse when you when you fall off and fail, yeah. but but also having those those people around you to to push you and motivate you. Uh, yeah. I think is almost of equal importance. Has has that been the case for you? Absolutely. You know, we've had a really tough year this year and it's, it's helped us refocus and it's helped us, you know, pull together. And then, we, you know, we had some incredible successes in the last couple of weeks and, you know, just all that hard work and that belief and, and the connection between people, you know, really comes together in a, in a much stronger, much more, you know, connected way, I guess. And, uh, and it helps you align and focus. I mean, of course, some people, and I think that's what makes great, you know, great people, great leaders, great teams, is is you know how you connect and, and how you support each other through the tough times, mm. um, you know, and that's where you know you, you you know you really see the the cracks in the ceiling and the wood from the trees and 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 helps you align. Lots of people you know jump out of as an environment and say it's too tough, I can't do it. Yeah, and that's why they you know they're not you know not many that end up you know right at the top of the pile because you know they sometimes they just can't take it. Yeah, sure. And and I think makes it all the sweeter for, for you and the team around you when having experienced some failures when you when you do have some really strong success. And in sport you get a lot of that because you you know you don't win all the time and it is tough. And in cycling in the, the environment that we're in, you know, it's it's not like tennis where you have a fifty percent chance of winning or losing. You just beat the person on the other end of the court at that in that game. You've <laughs> sure. got you know, 170 odd other riders, weather conditions, terrain, you know, mechanicals, there's a lot. So there's, when you win, it's unbelievable and, it, and it's such a connected system and magic happens when you've got brilliant individuals that pull together with a strategy, a plan, you know, clear vision and, you know, you, 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 you just, it just comes together and uh, it's, it's magic when it happens and it's <laughs> few and far between, but they're so special. Oh, absolutely. It sort of reminds me, although not a team sport, it reminds me of um, Usain Bolt talking about one of one of his Olympic wins and the fact that when he does that, that, you know, he's decreed to be um, super lucky and that he's visited by great fortune and, you know, his, his response, I don't remember it verbatim, but it was something to the effect of, yes, but, but the people who are watching the Olympics don't see the many thousands of hours that I put in at the gym yeah. and training and, you know, in the dark and the rain and, and slogging it out. They just sort of see the, the glory, if you like, in, in a yeah. few seconds. Um, yeah, the better prepared you are, the luckier you become. And that's <laughs> yes, yes, most definitely. Doug, how would you say that your your life improves as a result of being better connected with people across the globe? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, 
you know, seeing the success and seeing the, you know, the, the what has happened and what happens to people and they, and, and how, it, you know, that is, that, that, you know, they, they see success and how, you know, the success through the eyes of the athletes, I think is, is something, you know, that, that makes and, and motivates us to, you know, to, to want to continue to, to drive and to do more, seeing, you know, seeing, seeing them step up and take responsibility and, and, uh, and do significant things. So, I mean, that's, mm. I guess that's, would be like okay changing tact slightly what advice would you give to your 10 year old self um i think just you know i have a 14 year old and two 12 year olds actually and i was (laughs) thinking that you know i mean i tell them all the time you know never give up in your dreams and try not to come to peer pressure live for today be be, you know just be fearless and uh, i mean that i guess but uh, ultimately you know kids Kids really dream today, and you know I think there's so much going on. But you know, with, but yeah, I mean, I would you know, never give up on your dreams and, and believe it's possible for sure. <laughs> and are they are they cyclists, Doug? No, they. I mean, they're so busy with other sports, they're kind of not really following in the footsteps. They've been to many races <laughs> and, they, and they enjoy it, but they, I'm not pushing them. But they do like riding their bikes, but not one of them is the bug is bitten to the point where they really, really, really. You know, think that this is their career. Yeah, yeah, they they're doing their thing. <laughs> Had it bitten you by the age of twelve or fourteen, or did that come a bit later? Yeah, no, I, I I never had a bike until I was twelve, and whenever I went to my friends' parties and they had a bike, and if they were my age and, and their parents let them have a bike, I used to never be involved in the party and just ride their bicycles around, <laughs> you know, in their in their driveway. And then my mom used to come and fetch me from the party and would speak to the other mom, and the mom would say, "Well, I never actually we never actually saw Doug. He was always on another Peter's bicycle <laughs> riding around the driveway." And then they eventually got me in my back and, and then I was, you know, I was, I was out of there. I was independent, loved the yeah. freedom that it gave me. And, uh, yeah. you know, so I, I was, you know, I was smitten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, were you twins at 12? Maybe, maybe it will strike one of them soon. I think for me, somewhat less glamorously, it was, um, plastic Barbie houses that I was never allowed to have. So whenever friends had those, that was um, that was what kept me ensconced. I like your bike story better than mine. <laughs> um, so, Doug, tell me, what, what might people not know about you? Um, well, I mean, I'm left-handed. I enjoy craft making. I love all ball sports. And I, I guess, yeah, you know, I cry in movies. So that's... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. What was the last movie that made you cry? Actually, my um, it was a cartoon um, <laughs> that my kids were watching, and it was quite sad. And they were like, "Really, Dad? You're crying in like in a in a?" And I was like, oh, "You know, this is this is not going to go anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> ah, power to you. Good to be in touch with your emotions. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell tell me, what's anyway. your favorite? What's your favorite song, and why? I've been, you know, recently listening to, especially during the Tour de France this year when things weren't going you know, as well as we'd like, but I've been listening to a lot of Toto and, and Africa, which okay. is, it's very, it's very personal. It is about Africa and the potential of Africa and, you know, and we believe, and I, you know, I love, I played in the team bus to the riders and, you know, it's actually, it's, it's cool. Toto's cool. And, and that song about Africa, 
is um is a brilliant 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 song and yeah i've been listening and love it and yeah it's, it's kind of cool <laughs> different but cool i, I like it do, do the team take some similar inspiration from it they think i'm mad um, <laughs> when i drum it because they you know they're various ages and they're much younger than me and they're like geez who's this where does this old guy come from and i'm like come on and listen to the listen to the words like get into it and then they're like okay well and you know we'll we'll embrace it for you, but then as I walk off the team bus, they're like, okay, they play the other, the other crazy stuff. <laughs> they, they go back to Eye of oh the Tiger, that traditional song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like to ride my bicycle, I think, but I'm not so sure. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I like it, and I think it's I think it's good to have peop other people think you're a little a little mad or eccentric. Far far better that than yeah. than bland and vanilla. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, Doug, is there one thing that you don't understand about Australia or Australians? Um, sure. Uh, you know, why is such a large part of the country uninhabited? I don't mm, know. <laughs> yep. I, well, I think particularly talking to somebody from Africa, that's, that's a pretty good question. Yeah, we tend to be, tend to be spread around the coast to, to a pretty large extent. Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah. Okay. Big, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that's a an interesting one. I I, uh, I I sort of find it interesting. There's the fact that in broad terms, the Australian and um, North American continents are a, a similar size. And you know, if you look at um, the United States, that, that there are you know there are cities and and states spread across the country and and inhibited throughout. I, I sort of find that that quite an interesting difference between the two countries. Yeah. Doug, if you could invite three guests, living or not, to dinner, who would they be? Um, you know, I worked at Microsoft for a long time, so I would have loved to have a, you know, have a conversation with Bill Gates, particularly now, you know, and the things that he's doing and also supporting, you know, Africa and, and its challenges. Richard Branson is pretty interesting. I read all his books, so it would be quite interesting to get into his mind a yeah, little bit. He's fantastic, isn't he? Yeah, and then, you know, Nelson Mandela was, I met him once before the Did Olympic you? Games in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, well, tell me about that. No, I mean, he's just, you know, his presence and the, you know, the how he connects a room and the things that he says and the thoughtfulness and the, you know, the, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's like, an, it's the energy around the uh. person who was just so dynamic and so, you know, forgiving and, and amazing. It, you know, so that was, that was pretty brilliant. And uh, so, you know, that would be kind of a, an interesting conversation to have. That would be a fascinating yeah. conversation to have. Did, what, what did he say to you? Well, it was all of us. I mean, he just welcomed, you know, wished yeah. the team well. It was the second Olympic Games that South Africa was was you know, was able to go to and in Atlanta. And so, you know, it was a small team and he'd just, you know, been come out and, and out of prison and, and was obviously the you know the president of South Africa and uh, yeah it was it was pretty special and just wished everybody well and you know the countries behind you and just uh, just amazing oh I'm getting goosebumps awesome. just thinking about that that must have been quite a quite a career pinnacle <laughs> yeah no, absolutely I mean it's special time and special time in, in South Africa's history and yeah nice absolutely. to be able to be a be around at that time yeah, so. well and and to be an Olympian what what did that feel like? 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's a, it's a privilege actually to be with the best athletes in the world across every discipline and, you know, all be together in one place. You know, it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the pinnacle of, of, I guess, any sports person's, you know, career or, you know, opportunity. And, and you work so hard four years to get to, you know, just to compete and, and be ready and, and fit and healthy. Yes. you know during that time and it's um you know it's it's and it, but just to see all the other countries and their flags and their you know and and just watch the different sports it's you know that it's kind of cool you know sport is you know what connects with people in ways that that nothing else does and uh, and I think it's it's you know it's just to be in that space with the best 10,000 athletes in the world is is, oh. is quite a privilege what a, wow! What a privilege and what an amazing, what an amazing achievement. You, you talked about crying before in movies, which I do as well. But I, I also tear up tremendously watching anybody receive um, and a gold medal at the Olympics. I, I simply cannot help myself. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's yeah, because you know the effort that's gone into it, and it's. And it's a life changer and a game changer for most. It's brilliant. Oh, absolutely. So moving, incredibly moving. Ne- never gets old. <laughs> um, absolutely. Doug, what, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever been given? Um, you know, I've read a lot and I, I just, you know, think that mature companies, and someone said to me that mature companies fail because they forget why they were born. And, you know, that resonates deeply with us as a team because, you know, we, you know, um, our, our wish and our dream is to, is to mobilize the African continent and leverage our success to do that. And many, you know, many, you know, teams or businesses start out in, in a direction and then, and then that changes. And I mean, sometimes it changes for economic reasons or whatever, but it means, you know, if you, if you believe in something and want to make it sustainable, it is around. And, you know the why, and and you must never forget the why. So I think sure. that's, that's. I like it. Thank you. And Doug, just to close off, is there any career advice that you have for listeners out there? Um, you know, if, you know, for me and, and 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 who I engage with in my team, it's just to stay true to who you are. Yeah, I, I guess never give up, and and believe in dreams and be ambitious because you know having a vision without ambition is just a dream. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's something that we live by and that we try and, and, and uh, you know, ambition is around the fire that burns in your belly that gets you up every single day and, and gives you purpose and, and relevance. And I think, you know, definitely most people have a vision and, and, and most people dream, but if you don't have that ambition, then it's, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you're never going to succeed and never reach those heights that you, that you potentially could. So, yeah. yeah, thank you. If, if we go back to that 10-year-old self that we talked about earlier, do, do you think you had any idea that you might accomplish what, what you have thus far in your life? You know, I, I, I dreamed of doing something significant, and, and, um, but it, that, you know, the dream really formalised later on and, and, and the possibility of it, but then it was just going in one direction. But, yeah, I mean, I... You know, you, you always, you know, every child dreams to do something significant and, and wants to do something that has, I guess, never been done before, especially if you've got a very open, free mind. And, uh, yeah, so. Do you, do you think it's something different about your your makeup that, that gave you or has given you the drive and determination to achieve what you have? 
Um, I think it's circumstance from where we, you know, if you're in South Africa and, you know, the country that we're in and the diversity and the cultures, you know, that also helps. You're in, you know, you, it's not in a controlled space. It's it's very open. You meet lots of different people. And I think that also has a role to play in um, in how big, far, wide, you know, you potentially could go and, and what you believe in. And so I think that also has a role to play in that. But Difficult question to answer, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, Doug, really appreciative of your time today. It's been incredibly interesting to talk to you, and I, I think I perhaps would love to follow up with you again at some point and um, go off on a few different tangents that we haven't had a chance to explore today. Thank you very much. Thanks so much to you too.